Lefondre looking to get side of Fon. Lefondre away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. I want a quick summer update. Also sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. What a great venue that is, Alex. I mean, have you been there recently? Uh, I went there last weekend, actually, before the uh, friendly against whoever we played. It's gone from my mouth. It's Southampton, before, before we played Southampton. Um, <laughs> lovely place in summer, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. How are you doing, Matt? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you, Paul. Season creeping up, season creeping up, but uh, yeah, think things are looking slightly better than they were a few weeks back. So, yeah, yeah, they are. We've obviously made uh, quite a few signings, so we'll, we'll start off straight away with the latest one, Charlie Savage. I've got to say, I've been very impressed by this twenty-year-old and his interview. He just sounds fantastic, Alex, isn't he? He sounds uh, quite mature for a twenty-year-old. If I'm honest, um, yeah, his interview is very impressive. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched him play personally yet. Um, so it will be interesting to see what kind of like player he actually is. But, you know, if you've managed to get through 15 years of academy football at Man United, you've probably got something about you at the very least. Um, so it'll be exciting to see him on the field. And it, it feels like if we're offering him a, you know, a long term deal at 20 years old, then we must be at least relatively, you know, optimistic about his future, which is is good. You saw a little glimpse of him this afternoon, Matt, didn't you, watching it online, the uh, friendly of Charlie Savage. What are your thoughts on him? Um, pleasantly surprised, I have to say. Um, now, I read a I read a tweet the other day around him and kind of taught, it, it was detailing his style of play in a few short clips. Um, it was basically showing his, his spatial awareness on the pitch and kind of technique. Um, in the friendly today, I think you really saw that as well. His actual reading of the game for someone who's so young, is very or looks very good um you know he's always turning away from pressure he gets the ball out of his feet really quickly you know whenever pressure's coming he gets out so quickly and just spreads it left right he's got a good long pass on him he played one very good long long ball over the top to sam smith um unfortunately nothing really came of that once it once it got to him but he he does really look like a a really astute signing and kind of the way i think that the club have done it on Given that he was on, obviously, the books of United still usually commands a transfer fee. So it seems like the transfer fee is very minimal, um, if any. Um, the caveat to that, obviously, is Man United having a healthy sell-on clause to it, um, a relatively high percentage, I believe, um, and the ability to also match any bids that come in. So if they want to, they can buy him back. But it sounds like a very, very good deal. You know, you, you you look at that and you think that's a very smart piece of business from from Bowen. We saw some of it last year with him, with Bowen, pulling some strings, obviously, with contacts that he knew. But, I mean, to get a player like Savage, I'm really excited to kind of see how he does this season. He looks like he could be a very good player for us. It kind of gives the impression of a long-term loan, except the loan club are paying you to take him on. I know it's not a loan, obviously, and it's a transfer, but... It's an interesting kind of dynamic where you've picked up a player for essentially free from an academy, um, but you're taking them on with the proviso that you're going to have a big sell-on clause. So it kind of works out for both parties, really, um, or all three parties in the sense of Reading get a decent player for very minimal money. And Man United obviously will get some money down the line if he does make himself into a first-team player somewhere. And 
Savage gets minutes. It, it's surprising that you have we haven't seen that kind of transfer more often in like you know the lower end of the championship and and League One over the last few years. I think I think a lot of clubs in United situation always want to hold on to those players though, don't they? And kind of hope that they come on. But I think as I guess you know we'll, we'll, we'll listen to a bit of um, Charlie's interview. But it sounds like he really wanted to kind of actually get out and find somewhere where he can progress his career. Um, don't always see that in young players. You know, I think um, realistically, a lot of what Charlie said in in his interview, I think is is kind of what you expect from young players. You know, stick around a big club. You know, if you're there, hope you get through. But he's willing to go out on loan, try and, try and you know, fashion a career for himself somewhere. And he's not afraid to do that. So, um, yeah, he seems like he's got experience beyond his days. And um, hopefully it, it works out for us and, and him, obviously. Yeah, he still had two years left on his United contract. So you, you got to admire the fact that he's got the mindset he wants to come and prove himself. And, you know, ultimately he wants to be do really well here, get another move. I hate to put that in there straight away, but then we make money from it. Everyone's happy. That's how the system's going to work with Reading from now, I feel. But he did come out with one of the greatest lines I think I've heard, Alex, and let's hear that now. Sometime last weekend. As soon as it came around, I was begging United to, to let me speak to Reading. And yeah, I'm thankful for them to uh, to get it done. You've got to love any player that comes to us and is begging Manchester United to come here, haven't you, Alex? I mean, we don't hear that often enough. It's a natural enough thing, though, isn't it, really? I get it, you know. This is, going from a, a small club like Man United to a massive club like Reading, it's clearly a draw, but uh, it's pretty. It's it's cool to hear, right? Like a player who's begging his current club to, you know, want to come here. Um, it feels very kind of rare that we've we've had that over over the last four or five years. Players really desperate to come to Reading. For a player as well, who's captain of their under twenty three team as well, like Savage was. Um, again, it maybe it just shows his his drive and desire really to find a find find a, find first team football somewhere because under twenty three football, kind of when you get to nineteen twenty, I guess it starts tailing off for you. And he got that first team, or I say first team, um, you know, professional men's football experience last year at Forest Green. Um, maybe that you know sparked sparked something in him too. You know, want to you know find somewhere where he can really push on because realistically, is he going to do that at United in the next couple of years? Probably unlikely. But um, yeah, to hear that clip, it's certainly one that we're going to save, right, Paul? Well, Alex. Um, yeah. I was just going to say one thing that really kind of um, interests me from Savage's point of view is you can tell he's incredibly ambitious. Uh, the, the interview that he gave, like he, he doesn't, he's not coming here to, I mean, let's be honest, we'd all love it if he came here and wanted to stay here for 10 years and take Reading to the Premier League or whatever, but he doesn't really seem to have that mindset, I think, Paul, from the, from, I mean, we can listen to that quite quickly from him. Only just 20, so... I need to be patient. There's a lot of developing for me still to do. I think if I was a finished article, I'd be in the Premier League already. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Alex. He's a player who wants to give everything for the team. I mean, whatever you think about his dad and you know his ability on the pitch. I mean, he's obviously played over 300 games in the Premier League. He's obviously a pretty good player. But I think Charlie Savage is going to bring a little technical ability. I think that's what he said himself, a bit of a joke towards his dad. And he doesn't want to be here in three or four years' time. I, I don't 
I don't want to bring Redden fans down, but he wants to be really flying and getting himself into that Premier League team. But as it stands right now, he's a League One player and he's at a League One club. So he has to go out there and do that. And we'll be the ones that benefit from that, won't we? I mean, we need more of that kind of system going through. And if we keep on getting transfers like that, the club will only improve and more players will want to come to us of that age, won't they, Alex? Yeah, you've got to prove that it's a, you know, a stepping ground for improvement for players who are 18 to 22 coming out of those um, big academies and show that you're able to be a club that can you know, give them the stage to develop and then go on and, and make a big move into the Premier League potentially. There is one overriding thing, though, that I find with this transfer. It is mental that I've now got to the age where we have signed somebody's son who I watched in the Premier League. I'm sorry, that 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 it's made me feel a hundred years old. That, um, yeah, crazy. <laughs> Thanks for that, Matt. <laughs> it's like, how do you think I feel? <laughs> it's like, Everyone hits this phase, and it's just the first one. It's like oh, that's. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm just, I can remember the dinosaurs. I'm that old. So let's not worry about that too much. So another signing that we've made is Lewis Wing, 28-year-old, who's recently been at Wickham, was also at Middlesbrough as well. Very experienced player. Got plenty of goals last season and assists. I mean, for me, he seems like a really sensible signing, Matt. I mean, I, I can't say any criticism of it at all. Yeah, and it's interesting. Obviously, this came before the wing transfer. Uh, before the savage transfer sorry um and when it happened i looked at it and i thought that's a really exciting signing i think it's a really shrewd bit of business in this in in this league you know proven at this level did fantastically for wickham last year um in his time at borough as well going back a few seasons was really good in that team as well um received a lot of plaudits from from their fans certainly in the early to mid part of his time there um, scored against us as well. I think back in 2019, I seem to remember, um, I think at their place. Um, he's another player that kind of controls the mid middle of the park. You know, he's he's a bit like your, your classic, I guess, number number eight kind of midfielder, very box-to-box. Um, again, exciting to see kind of where, where he might play. Um, seems like last year for Wickham, it was more kind of in that slightly deeper role we sometimes saw Swift play play that back under I think early days under Paunovic and under Gomez you know everyone used to refer to him almost as you know that quarterback type midfielder and then would would often burst forwards but he can do a bit of everything he's got good passing got good technique on him um for this level and kind of where we were to pick up a free transfer like that you couldn't really complain at it and it's another good bit of business just hopefully you know, there's um, not too many catches on um, on the wage front because obviously we fended off um, QPR. You know, for for um, for his signature, and it's definitely not rattled them, has it? QPR, hundred <laughs> percent. In no way has it rattled their whole fan base, Alex. I mean, I don't know why it's a player. It's weird, isn't it, how football works? But yeah, I think he look he looks really. It's weird to us to make so many signings, and there's a few more to talk about. And they all seem sensible and seem to fit. I think one thing, uh, yeah, they, they all do seem to be quite sensible signings so far. Um, there's no over-the-hill players. There's no one who you think, oh, that would have been really good five years ago. Lewis Wing seems like the right signing at the right time. Um, 
one thing I've really enjoyed about Lewis Wing is if you just go on Google and type in Lewis Wing goals, every single goal he scores seems to be a screamer. It's 20 yards here, 25 yards there, scored from the halfway line last season against Portsmouth. Um, every single goal just is a really good long shot. And, it wasn't uh, quite the halfway line last year, I'd just like to say. It was about 10 yards inside there. <laughs> All right, Stato, calm down. <laughs> Okay, he scored from 45 yards against Bournemouth. I'm not too worried if he scores from 45 or 55 yards, whatever. It's it's all it's all long distance. Um yeah, it just it was very entertaining to watch like a five-minute compilation of him. And I know everybody looks good on YouTube, but it was fun uh watching his goals. So I'm hoping that if he can get, you know, six or seven goals this season again, similar to last year, I think he got nine for Wickham and five or six assists. He can get that kind of goal involvement again this season from central midfield. Then, like that's, I mean, that's better than any of our players last year did. So, yeah, totally. Let's hear from Lewis and what he has to say about his kind of play. I like getting involved. I like box to box. I like getting my shots off. I like scoring goals, setting setting um, people up. But just, uh, I like to give one hundred and ten percent. That's the main thing, and that's what you'll get when I put the shirt on. Yeah, I know you don't mind scoring. A- who was our last box-to-box midfielder? Our last proper box-to-box midfielder who could do it at both ends? Danny Williams. Both of those two are in there, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. I don't think any of the others... Uh, obviously, later would definitely wasn't box-to-box. He was just around the centre centre circle, wasn't he, really? Um, saying David Myler in that category? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I, Danny Williams never really scored that many goals, though, did he, for us? But the goals he did score were very were good. Bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Were bangers. Yeah, he scored fantastic goals, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah, well, obviously, we have also made some uh, other signings. Sam Smith has returned back to Reading FC after a pretty successful couple of years at Cambridge United. He's already set up one of our other signings, Nibs, for a goal on Saturday against Southampton. So what are our thoughts on Smith returning, Matt? Are you happy to see him back? And did you see any you notice any difference when you saw him compared to when he left? Um, he's certainly bigger, not as in height, just stocky. You know, I think I remember when he when he when he came through and you know there was a bit of bit of hype around him when he came through. He looked quite slim, uh, but you look at him now, and he's uh, he's clearly been in the gym the last few the last few years. He hasn't hasn't got too much timber on him, you know. There's uh, it, it, you know, he's quite quite a strong guy now by the looks of it. And I don't remember him being as quick as well. He's got he's certainly got a burst of pace on him as well. Um, again, kind of I guess with the with the wing trans or what we said with the wing and the savage transfers, it, it seems again like you know the right player kind of at the right time, you know. Um, I think in his time at Cambridge and also his time at, at Reading, you know, there was a few, I think, comments about his attitude and stuff. But, you know, hopefully he was he was young and certain bits have kind of been ironed out from that, you'd hope. Um, but you look at his record at Cambridge and he's got a very good record in, you know, a pretty underperforming team really in Cambridge. Um, you know, battling relegation each each season he was kind of there and um, was almost instrumental really in um, them staying up last season. So um, hopefully he can 
find more kind of constant form. I think that was one thing that he lacked a bit of Cambridge. It always came in in bursts, his goals and stuff. But um, but yeah, no, I, I I quite like it and already got that connection with the fans, obviously. So um, yeah, I mean, Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, it's similar similar kind of thoughts, right? Um, the the one thing that worries me about Sam Smith is purely his like streakiness. I think last season he went on. Well, at the end of the season, he scored seven in nine or something like that. Um, but before that, he'd scored two in 25 or something. It was a really long period about scoring or, or not scoring very many. Um, and a part of that obviously comes down to the fact he's playing for a lower team down on the table. But also, you know, if you've only scored one or two goals in 25, 30 games, like questions are going to get asked, especially when you are the main striker at that team. So, we we do need him to kind of like perform on a consistent basis is the is the issue. It'll be interesting to see whether we sign another striker or not, um, or whether Sam Smith is going to be kind of like the first choice main striker going into this season, Paul. Do you think we need another striker, Alex, just quickly jumping in there? Would you probably sign a, a different one or an extra one? It's a difficult one, really. Um, I think we probably could do with a striker but I don't know if there's really a striker available who is going to be suitable at this point yeah I think we'd all have a, an amazing striker wouldn't we but I don't think we're in the market for that kind of level at the moment after if what we've kind of got in we're also going to have Andy Carroll back at some point I don't know how Andy Carroll's going to work in that system from Sellers uh, I don't understand how the press is going to work with him uh, that's something that always astonishes me. Um, I, we'll see how that works. But we've also got back in Benga, who was obviously with us last season on a two-year contract after he's been released by Mets. 21-year-old. I think he's an excellent signing for League One. Um, he's raw. There are mistakes in him. But I still think he's a really good signing, Alex. Yeah, I think Benga is one of those ones where we've, we've brought him in with the intention of hoping that he'll have a really good season in League One. If we get promoted, he'll stay. And if we don't get promoted, he'll have had a good enough season that he can go on and be sold for however much money next next summer um, with a year left on his deal and and we make some money out of a free transfer. Um, he, he, he played well-ish last season, I think, in the games that he played. He wasn't, he wasn't amazing. He wasn't, like, incredible or anything. But he, he's definitely... I think he had something about him at the very least. Um one thing that he definitely had, which we really lacked last year, was he did have some pace, which was good. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he lines up because I'm really not sure as to what his his kind of strongest position is because I know last year he played at right back and I think he played a little bit at centre-back when he played five at the back and then he played at central midfield for Mets. So it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where he lines up or even if he is a kind of a, a utility player and he just kind of slots in where he's needed. If we had his energy and pace with Charlie Savage in midfield, with Wing sitting slightly deeper, it could work. could work. But we'll see, Matt. What are your thoughts on him returning? Well, it's in, it's interesting you say that because it's almost like, you know, a, um, well, you kind of get the impression with his en- energy in midfield, he could almost be, you know, that N'Golo Kante, and N'Golo Kante, sorry, type player that is all running, breaks up or loves to break play up. Um, you know, I guess he, it'd be interesting um, where, where he'll play, I guess, you know, as anyone's guess, you know, we've 
kind of played him all all over a bit, you know, so far. I think the one thing we can say, I don't think he'll play centre back. I like I can't see him playing playing centre back anymore. Um, you know, I think he's a, a if he is going to play there, it's at three in the back and playing probably left centre back. But but you can't be unhappy really at the signing. He seems like a good character, good guy to have around around the training ground. So um yeah, you know, hopefully he continues to to develop from here because it, it certainly seemed like again like kind of a, 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 uh, like Alex said it's a bit of a development type signing so um so yeah all positive though all positive signings Definitely. I think so far so that that's you know a bit weird it's a bit weird isn't it but I am loving that emotion of uh we're moving in the right direction so we're going to do a few questions now and then we're going to move on to our predicted 11 for the first game of the season so that will be yeah, that's tough with the team that we've got. Right then, one here from Mays. We've lost every game in pre-season. I know it's all for fitness and practice, but how big will this affect expectations for the upcoming season from yourself and others? Uh, for me, I'm not really putting any weight on it. I don't really put much weight on any preseason, but this one in particular, because we just don't have a team at the moment. We really have been playing a lot of young players. Going forward from the Swansea game, obviously that's so close to the new season. You want to see something in that, I agree. I think there's uh, definitely something to be taken for the fact that, I mean, after our first pre-season game against Wimbledon, a lot of people kind of said, well, we're three or four weeks behind in pre-season. We haven't signed anybody. You know, it's we're, we're a long way behind these other teams. I think Portsmouth have made like seven signings by the time we've made one or something, got eight signings. Um that's still the case, right? We're still three or four weeks behind everyone. And actually, in reality, our preseason is probably not going to finish until the season is already like three or four weeks old, I think. Um, and those first three or four games are still going to be kind of like feelers for Sellers. He's not going to know his first 11 in whatever it is, 10 days time before the season starts. Um, we're, we're going to end up with a a bit of an elongated pre-season into the actual season starting, I think, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, we will. I think, you know, you're probably not going to see the best of the team until possibly, you know, three, four weeks into, into the season, I think. Um, I think the nicest thing, certainly coming away from the QPR game today, you really can, well, you, you, you're starting to see what Sellers really wants to do, the pressing, the the counter-attacking nature, the quick passing, you can really start to see this developing, which is good. That's what you want to see in pre-season. You just want to see coherence. You want to see the plan um, and what what the team's wanting to do. Um, usually that's done, you know, within the first few weeks of, of pre-season. We've not had that under Sellers. You know, that's happening now. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, you, you can look at the results. I think the biggest... The biggest thing I think this team is going to have to try and overcome, having dropped down this, dropped down a division, is losing that losing mentality, getting back a winning mentality. It's real cliche to say, I know, um, but even in the game today, with the goals that we concede, and you can kind of just see, it's just a team that has lost so many games over the past few seasons. It's not just one season. You know, you look back, three, four, five, six seasons. Um, you know, even even in the season under Paunovic, you know, we had some had quite a few losses in in there. It's that's gonna be the biggest thing that this team is gonna have to overcome. I think just getting that out their system. Yeah, I, I agree. It is 
we've had a culture for years of basically losing and just about staying in the division. Obviously, last season we didn't manage that. We will see. We will see. Cameron wants to uh, us to discuss the new coaching additions. And also, also, are we happy that Tony Warner and Nevesky, I knew I was going to butcher that, are sticking around? Are we happy with that? So, Alex, what are your thoughts on the two new additions to the coaching staff today? Uh, I guess it's two separate questions. So, uh, yeah, the, the first the first one about um, Warner and Nitsuwaki and James Oliver Pierce sticking around. Kind of, they, I think they kind of have to. Like, you can't have a a first team with you know two coaches or maybe even three coaches it's not enough um so definitely needed them to stick around don't really think that's too much of an issue and i think that's probably a good thing um the two new coaches so there's the assistant manager who's uh andrew sparks he seems to have only been a goalkeeping coach so far in terms of what he's done previously um a lot of it a lot of his career has been spent in the premier league though um i think he was oh well i mean he was at swansea for five years um they won the under 23 league when he was their coach um it's it's someone who's got some experience at a decent level um even if he hasn't been an assistant coach, realistically, I think the the you know the job is going to be similar, right? It, whether you're coaching outfielders or goalkeepers, you're going to be doing a relatively similar job. So I'm I'm quite um, quite pleased with someone coming in who's got that kind of like level of experience at a higher level uh, coming in to be an assistant coach um, because it's clearly still a step up for him. And then the the other person is uh, Toby Loveland who's come in. And I, I think, although the club haven't kind of confirmed it, I kind of get the impression that he is a, a replacement for Jared Dublin. Um, looking at his history, he was with Southampton last year as a technical analyst, and he's been a first-team analyst at Southampton. And he's done a, a lot of analyst work, but he's also done a lot of recruitment work as well. Um, so he was, he was a recruitment analyst at Bristol City for about five years. And... Uh, Although you, like, you can't say for certain what his job role is going to be, I kind of get the impression that he might be working alongside Brian Carey as well and, and Mark Bowen in terms of recruitment, um, you know, uh, and also kind of being that like middleman between the, the coaching staff of, of Sellers and, and Sparks. Um, it, it did, it did well. say on the release he's joining as um, first team technical coaching assistant. Yeah, I, it's difficult to say what it's going to be. I I kind of get the impression that it will be kind of in between the two, um, just on based on what he's done in the past. But it, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, what exactly what that kind of like job title entails. But yeah, both of them seem to have relatively good experience at kind of championship level and above. So it's, it seems like a good thing. Sellers did ask for those two additions and it's happened. So... That's a positive as well. Whether they're the ones exactly he wanted, none of us know. So let's not pretend that we do. So let's move on to our predicted starting 11 as it stands. Man, this could all change very, very quickly. In goal. Now, this, I think, is the toughest position so far. I mean, Matt, who are you going to have in goal for the start of the season? Because it's limited, the choices. Um, It is limited, but I'm... Um... 
I'm also not sure that it's probably our biggest area that we need to improve on because I think Bazanis has a lot of experience in League not Two. Not biggest area to improve on, just limited. That's what I it, mean. Well, really. It's it's yeah. limited, but you're always only going to have two or three goalkeepers, right, in contention for for your for your first team. And I think both of our goalkeepers have good experience in the lower leagues. Um, personally, I'd go with Andreasen. I'd be relatively happy starting the season as well, or doing most of the season with Andreasen personally. Cool. Now, well, that could work out. It could be the case. Alex, what are your defensive lineup going to be? Let's go through a whole section. Mm, uh, I guess my predicted 11 and my favoured 11 are probably slightly different, but my predicted 11 would be Guinness Walker, Holmes, McIntyre, and Yeardom, I guess, if he's fit for the first game, otherwise a briefer. Um, I think that will be kind of like what Sellers goes with. I think it looks like he's going to go with a back four, realistically, every game he's played so far has been a back four. I can definitely see a scenario, though, where we end up with Carson coming in at left back instead of Guinness Walker, potentially. Um, I think he's played two games now in preseason so far. And from at least what I watched on Saturday, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I know he was relatively good in the second half of the season for the under-23s last year as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets some game time as well at left-back. Thoughts on that, Matt? What do you reckon? Yeah, pretty much pretty much the same. I think, you know, I'd, certainly defence, I think, is probably more hand-tied hand, hand than, um, than goalkeeper. You know, I think realistically, we'll probably need to make one or two additions at centre-back, probably give um, T-Mac and Holmes more competition. I'm not sure that really breathes confidence in many fans at the moment. I think we're all agreed that both Holmes and McIntyre, and probably especially McIntyre, need to have a big season this year. Realistically, I think a lot of fans would have, a lot of fans have given them a lot of like um, patience, I guess, on the basis of them being academy players, and not that the patience is running out, but also you have to. You have to show that you're going to be a dominant player at some point if you want a team spot. And I think for both of them, they, they kind of need big seasons if they're going to become, you know, regular first team or not even regular first team, but if they're going to become, you know, established long-term players over the next three or four years. Definitely yeah. after a drop down in leagues as well. You know, you're not playing championship anymore. Realistically, no, no. you'd expect them to do well at this level. Well, midfield, well, Savage, Wing, they're absolute certainties, aren't they? I can't see anyone else but them coming in. What are you going to say then, Matt? Who else are you going to have in that area? Um, we Senga has looked very good, I think, in pre-season as, um, uh, as well. I know last year the club spoke really highly mm. um, as well, had, a, again, a good um, campaign in the under-23s last year, very young. Well, a um, huge fan, isn't he? He is as nah, well. Absolutely massive fan. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he looks like a really good player. He really does. He's he's one of those that I kind of, I'd wish that there's somebody in front of him so he can go out on loan um, and really have a full season almost of, of professional football because I kind of feel like with us, he might get 15, 20 appearances off the bench potentially and not much more. Um, but he's, he looks like a really good player um, and excited to see kind of if he can maybe push Savage or wing and break in there. Craig as well, though. Craig has played really well in preseason so far. Um, he was one that I think a lot were kind of expecting to maybe see last year. Um, never quite pulled through. Um, but Ken, he's played pretty well in the couple of preseason games that I saw. The game's staircase keeper as well. Um, 
him and I can't remember the trialist's name. Um, Rashisha. Rashisha, that's it. They they both played very well in midfield. So, um, yeah, you, you've got those two pushing at the moment, but then you're looking at the attacking midfields in front of them, Alex. It's a weird, yeah, the, the setup that Celeste plays is a little bit of a weird dynamic because it's played like two deeper midfielders and two midfielders further forwards, but they're not wide further forwards, they're just further forwards. So it's almost like a square four. Um, very Red Bull Leipzig-esque of kind of yeah, a few years ago, of, I know. <laughs> I think the predicted 11, I, I don't disagree. I think Lewis and Wing, uh, Lewis and Wing, Wing and Savage, sorry, get into that four somehow. Um I'd be interested to see Savage and Mbengue being the, the deepest of the two and then having Nibs and um, Wing being the front two of that midfield. I have no idea how it would work, um, but I'd be interested to see it. Uh, I think you're right, though. You've got, obviously, Craig and, and Senga are decent youth players who are kind of pushing for a spot as well. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see in the first three or four games who kind of like takes up that fourth spot. Forwards, Smith, Nibs, you would assume they're going to be starting most games, Alex. Who else are you going to put in that mix? Um, I think from pre-season, it looks like Ia Bisherman is going to get a starting slot. This is that. I mean, this is uh, probably the position that I would say that, like I said earlier, I think we could do with another striker, but I just don't know if the striker that we really need is out there and available at this point. Um we're going to end up either signing a youngster from a Premier League team, which doesn't, or like online, which doesn't really seem all that kind of not exciting, exciting is the wrong word, but it doesn't seem all that ideal given that you've got your own youngsters who you'd like to see develop in, in Clark and Ian Bishman at some point in the season. Um, I think it will be Smith and Ian Bishman who, who play up front together in a two, um, and Nips kind of plays behind them in one of those midfield two slots. Uh, and then Carol coming off the bench, I think. I think the interesting thing about the conversation kind of of forwards and those wide attacking midfielders, one one player that none of us have mentioned and has had a pretty poor pre-season, I'd say, and kind of fallen off a bit is Femi Aziz. And again, he's another one that I think a lot of people were tipping to have a good season. I still don't, but... I don't know what he does. This is the problem. I don't know what... Fe- like, well, yeah. I love Femi Aziz to be a great player, but I don't know what he does well. Not a lot. Really, it, his he's... biggest flaw for me is his decision making, his final mm. pass. It's it, it just, it's upsetting because he's so good at getting in those positions, but so often it's just a poor decision at the end. And maybe with confidence in League One, maybe he improved with a better coach. I don't know, but it's something he needs to really dramatically improve on. We're also, of course, looking at this as a as a total squad, and I actually think when you look at all those options that we've just gone through. It's actually not, it's not a bad squad. And all of those players, I think, would probably get into a League One, a League One team, whether they would be, you know, top end, bottom end, whatever. They would all get into a League One team, um, probably quite comfortably. And then even then, we've got players who we haven't even mentioned still. Um, you know, like Ajaria hasn't come back yet. Hutchinson. We've still got, still got Hutchinson, who we didn't mention um you know there's there's players who we haven't mentioned and then there's still potential that we could sign more players um which is it's interesting because obviously i we see and i'm probably the same we see fans talk about the fact that we still need to make five six seven more signs but we're going to get to a point where we actually have quite a big ish squad i think at some point 
Um, and actually signing seven, eight more signings is going to end up with us having, you know, 29, 30 players in a squad once you include some of the youth players as well. And that was one of the things that Sellers really didn't seem to like when he was at Southampton. So I, I'm not quite so sure, sure that we're going to see loads more signings at this point. One of the I'd things I like about all the signings we've made, sorry, Matt, is the fact that they all seem to play a lot of games. There doesn't seem to be any of them that have a massive injury history. And after years and years of seeing us sign those kind of players, it, that's quite a relief. But yeah, go on, Matt. Completely echo that. You know, in all honesty, it's um, it's been a frustration for years, the injury records. You know, I remember when we signed Sam Hutchinson and you look through his, his time at Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield Wednesday fans lauded him when he was playing, said, great when he's playing but how often is that and you look at his record you know 20 games 16 24 28 you know in championship seasons um you look at the likes of wing you know they they always play 40 plus seasons a game which is really refreshing to see um savage as well i know he's young but you know hasn't got much of an injury history but kind of on the how many more signings kind of do we need i think to be honest it's probably four or five more signings i'd say um and I'd probably say one of it, one of them being a striker, a couple of defenders, hopefully, um, and then maybe a couple of utility players, maybe a backup left back um, or right back potentially to who can cover for those sides. But apart from that, I think you know we we're getting close to having a having a competitive team in League One. Um, I'm going to say we'll get a goalkeeper and one centre back, one central midfielder maybe a striker you've spread you, you've spreaded your bets so well there well one of each that's one <laughs> that's my guess one of each i think the last bit is the trickiest bit as always the striker isn't there i think the other ones i think we can do um but we will see we'll see something i always enjoy with all the new signings is how much they love the training ground they always absolutely adore it even Charlie Savage saying it's almost as, it's like it's as good as Man United's one. I mean, who knows? It may be, but it's lovely to hear anyway. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, really appreciate that. And we'll be back when there's something to talk about. But if you have enjoyed the podcast, give us a five star rating on Apple or Spotify. Thanks a lot. Up the fucking day. Cheers.